0: Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company's podcast. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Greenbook. Through their blog, leading market research directory and other publications, Greenbook connects marketers and insights professionals with people, information and ideas that generate better business results. So, Whether you're looking for a focus group facility or just want to stay up to date with the ever-evolving insights industry, Greenbook is the resource for you. Check out all they have to offer at greenbook.org. We love it. We know you'll love it. With me is an amazing guest today. You're going to get to hear from Marty Constant. She is, I I love this phrase that is used about her um, as she was introduced to me from a friend. She's a workplace futurist and you're going to love hearing from her about some great career growth advice. She is also an author, so those of you who write in with questions to us about, you know, writing your book and keynoting and what does this look like? We're going to get to get a little bit of a peek behind the scenes with her. She's obviously an amazing speaker and she is the founder of the Agile Careerist Project. So we're going to hear about that today. She's had an interesting career path. She's been an artist, a designer, a brand developer. Obviously, an entrepreneur, that's something a lot of our audience likes to talk about and listen to, but um, also adding to that some interesting technology pieces that come together um, with creating really effective marketing. So um, you you might get to hear her um, your keynote. If you do, I'm sure it'll be a treat, and um, we want to talk today about where things are going uh, in terms of the future of careers. So welcome, Marty Constant.
1: Thank you. I am so happy to be here, Priscilla. Um, I've been looking forward to chatting with you, and I'm hoping to channel some of your uh, really amazing
0: energy. <laughs> you just want you just want a piece of it. You know, I drink decaf coffee, just so you know. <laughs> hey, that makes two of us. <laughs> I, you know, on my LinkedIn profile, the very end, it does say, do not give her caffeine. She does not need it. <laughs> we we call that naturally caffeinated right, in our household. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Most of my friends call it completely crazy. But um I can't get rid of the actual drinking of coffee because coffee is amazing. So I'm I'm going for the decaf side of it. But hey, one thing we have in common that we have a deep love for is Chicago. Hey, all you Chai Town people. So Marty uh lives and works in Chicago. And um, we're going to get to hear a little bit more about the book. I'd love to lead with that. If you don't mind, Marty, let's talk about the book because I have so many people who listen to this podcast that are interested in understanding how writing a book actually can help shape your career. Do you want to launch with that and tell us a little bit about, you know, give us a little bit about yourself that I might have missed, but also lead right into why you wrote the book and what it's about?
1: Sure. Well, let's start with the, the book part. I'd like to prelude with that is that a book for any business person or any marketer is the ultimate content piece and door opener. It's been referred to as the business card. And it's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. And it it, it took me a bit to get there. And I had to create something that I call the Agile Careers Project. Uh, and create an entire research program around it to actually uh, get this done. But, But how did I get here, and why am I writing this book? I started really thinking about this book as I was working through my career, as we all do. And the one thing that happened to me in 2012, it was a project that I was involved in, I was part of a group of 25 global marketers and an event called Sprint Zero for applying agile methods to the marketing process. We had this idea that we could be more organized the way that software developers were in their processes, and we could apply this to the marketing profession. Mm -hmm. And why, why did we do this? Uh, current The current methods are disorganized. Some of the department reputation suffers. Marketing doesn't get the respect that perhaps we would like it to get. And there's a lack of corporate collaboration and buy-in for the programs. And we can't do our work unless we get the support of those around us, especially the leadership. And in this event, I spent 48 hours working with this team, and I was on the plane coming home, and my big aha moment hit me. After having worked in technology companies for so many years, uh, even in a chief marketing role, I realized that I could apply this notion of agile methods to the management of one's own career. Mm. So that is really the story of how I got to this point of being interested in writing about agility and researching agility for the sole purpose of helping reduce some of the friction and pain and anxiety and anguish that we all go through in managing our careers.
0: Well, in doing that, um, before we go into really what the bulk of what, you know, what you what you found, let's talk a little bit about that process, because I've talked with you a little bit about how you ended up interviewing so many people in depth in order to write this book. Tell me about what why you needed to interview so many people and what you learned in that process.
1: Right, so I interviewed 120 people. Oh and my goodness! And, <laughs> and, and and that wasn't even enough. I still I commissioned a uh, a survey project with uh, you know our our mutual uh, research company that we both know and commissioned uh, a project with them to run a survey on the mid-careerists. My my 120 people spanned all three generations of the um, millennials, the Gen Xers, and the boomers. And the reason I wanted to talk to people is, like any good market researcher, why write about something unless you can figure out what people think? I mean, mm-hmm. these these if, if you think about the people that I interviewed as my target audience, why wouldn't I want to know what they think? And why wouldn't I want to be more apprised of the trends and they could – Really, give me some access to other information and referrals and references as a part of that
0: process. Oh, that is powerful. So, in that you really did a qualitative and quantitative side, we will give a shout out to our mutual friend, Tony Cheevers from ResearchScape. So, I do think for the benefit of my audience, a lot of people who are interested in writing a book or want to understand what's behind that. I do think it is interesting to point out, you know, your approach to it. It's not just here's my opinion. Here's the research. Here's the qualitative. I spent the, the hours doing the work, not only on the subject matter. You really, you know, delved into uh, deeply into the agile concept. But then also interviewing people, getting those reference, and then the survey that you talked about. So, um, yeah, tell me a little bit about how you worked with Tony um, at Reacher's ResearchScape. And what what was it like putting that that survey together? What was
1: really fun about putting this survey together is this was the first time I was putting together a research program for something that I cared so passionately about.
0: (laughs) Um, Awesome.
1: (laughs) Doing some of these research programs, I I was in the mobile security end of business and marketing um, for a company that we sold to a Fortune 100 company. And one of the things about Doing research for something like mobile security and governments and enterprises is, although it's fascinating, my heart wasn't there. Mm. And working on a project like this was really super fun. And I was able to use all of the skills that I had in working with other research groups in the past and working with Tony's team. And even though I thought I knew a lot about constructing the questions, in a way that would get the information that was needed. I was really humbled that I learned so much from their team about how to construct questions. They actually worked on the questions for me from some of the information that I gave them. Of course, I gave them volumes of information <laughs> and, and premises and hypotheses and things like that, because I had to. I wanted to give them as much as possible. And not only did they do the research project for me, they also worked on something that is a work in progress for me uh, where I'm putting together uh, what I will be calling an agility meter to for people to understand where they fall personally on the agility meter between agile and the other part of the spectrum is steadfast
0: a little bit more set in your ways and less flexible. That's really interesting. And that, w- are you saying that you were asking that really more on their own personal take on things or how they approach their work or a combination uh, of it's, that? It's it's a, actually a combination and it
1: can't, it, it does affect their careers because the way that they are in adapting to trends and responding to changes does fall into their careers. Mm-hmm. It was more skewed towards
0: careers, but these are personal traits. Mm, okay. I, I totally get that. So let's take that and launch from this idea of being agile as in your career, uh, you know, basically taking, you know, taking the reins and being agile there into marketing. So I let's suffice to say, kind of the, the change is this. You do a lot of um uh, consultation around your 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 signature program that is helping people discover and define and design their career forward. Thinking, how can I be agile? How can I integrate these concepts in order to win in what needs to be an increasing agile uh, career market? Correct. Right. So let's take that and say, which actually, I will interject a a couple of interesting stats you shared with me that, you know, really underline the need for that. If anybody is still going, "Hmm, maybe, you know, but, you know, you shared with me um, that 34% of the workforce is participating in a freelance, um, you know, or a side hustle, the famous (laughs) side hustle, um, you know, talk. And so I think that alone is a very powerful stat to show that people are figuring out how to move themselves into interesting positions that are not preconceived or maybe traditional. Correct? That's correct. Absolutely. So that is absolutely true in the career. So let's take that the next step. So tell us why it is important and what are the benefits of agility in the world of marketing? Because you said one line that I I really resonated with is that you have found that in the market, that the current marketing that's going on is disorganized, it's siloed, and it's not getting the right buy-in. So what, why is this so important right now for marketing?
1: It's important because, you know, marketing, in order for marketing to be elevated to a more strategic role and to get the bottom line results, that are required by organizations to invest in this important, um, you know, type of skill. Um, th- you know these these types of things are necessary.
0: Mm-hmm. When you say necessary. Um it helped me kind of make that connection between necessary for people for their own career benefit, but necessary for you. You brought up the idea of profit, so you know uh, that you you mentioned a lot that you know that the industry is changing. What you know should marketing's feet be held to the fire? And and if so, how do they how do they really make a significant contribution to the whole of the company? With in, introducing maybe some of the agile techniques that you've you've discovered,
1: right? So what might be helpful, Priscilla? Here is to review a couple things about what agile means. That a lot would be of people, awesome. yeah, a lot of people thinks agile means being flexible. And <laughs> while that is true, that is just about one ounce of what uh, we're really talking about. Think about how. You know, traditional methods, silos and hierarchy, as an example, a more traditional method, uh, versus something like customer focused collaboration. Customer focused collaboration is a principle of agile marketing. Again, now we're moving away from my career agility model to the agile marketing model that um, I helped in part to create in 2012. What does customer-focused collaboration mean? That means that as marketers, we are collaborating with members across the organization. We are getting input early and often so that when our programs are launched, there's complete buy-in. That is our internal customer. This is not a silo. And again, Moving away from silos is not a new thing, but let's talk about something like adaptive and iterative versus Big Bang campaigns.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We are no longer in this role of thinking the way that the Mad Men did Um, on that show, as well as how advertising used to be done, where things were done in a cave and these, you know, we had a hit or miss, uh, type of, uh, perspective on what works and what doesn't. And you might have had a 50% hit rate on what's going to work, uh, say if you're working with an agency. Whereas if you're adaptive and iterative, and I'll use the agency example here, is you're getting feedback from your client every step of the way. So that by the time that concepts are presented, everyone feels a part of ownership in the end result. There's more of a willingness to invest in the programs because they've been a part of
0: it. At Ponderings from the Perch, we love cranking out great content, but that comes thanks to our sponsors. So give a listen to this. The IIEX conference season has begun, and if you haven't registered for one of these events, you absolutely need to. Presented by Green Book, IIEX is a global, TED-inspired, future-focused event in the market research and insight space. On November 28th and 29th, join me in Bangkok for IIEX Asia Pacific. This event has an amazing speaker lineup, including me and other thought leaders from Nestle, AirAsia, BBC, and Diageo. For registration and event details, visit iiex-ap.insightinnovation.org or just check out the link in our show notes. Plus, save 20% on registration with the promo code LITTLEBIRD. Remember, things happen first at IIEX. I can't wait to see you there. I don't know if you would agree, but for me, you know... Working, you know, and in introducing this like agile concept to, you know, to our clients, it does. For me, the biggest the biggest difference between kind of what you referenced as the Mad Men era and the era now is that really successful marketers have to walk away from their ego. Because, you know, back in that madman it's like this was our idea, we all thought about it in secret. Now we're pitching it out to you. If the client says yes, boom, this is what everybody in the in the company has to do. Nobody else gets to, you know, input, and we certainly aren't asking the actual customer, <laughs> you know, until the very end. But I do feel um, and and tell me if you agree with that, it requires marketers at this point to come in, shed ego, share the process. And also know that they're not always right because this market is changing so fast. Clients are, you know, um, uh, you know, we're going into new technologies and th- people then are having fatigue with new technologies so much quicker than we've ever experienced before. And so if you go into it and say, well, this is what I think, and you're not willing to let it be tested and, you know, not willing to let that idea go if it's proven that it's not effective – then you don't have, you know, buy-in from the whole group. Do you see that ego piece and you know really strongly? Yeah, I do. I think there there's something that I learned early on in my
1: career. Is the way to really be successful is to make your boss really look good. And <laughs> I love that. and and if you make uh your boss look good, you're likely giving him or her credit for things that you've come up with or that you've collaborated um, on mm-hmm. with that person. Mm. Uh, so these kinds of things are important. You know, we hear a lot about teamwork. Uh, it, it is about the marketing team. I was a, a chief marketer. I had a team. It it really was about acknowledging. And I did that in reverse. I uh, made a point of acknowledging people and elaborating on it publicly about people's contribution, because this wasn't about me as the CMO. This was about what the department was contributing. And this was really, to me, having a marketing department was about elevating marketing
0: careers, Mm -hmm. every
1: chance I could get. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. So this is a a complete shift. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, that's pretty interesting. So, so can we talk about maybe pick one thing in particular about marketing? Can we, can we stick with the topic of lead generation? And I would love for you to think about, you know, what's happening in the market in terms of lead generation and how it is important to bring agile concepts into into focus in that realm. Do you have some thoughts on that?
1: I, I do. And when I was consulting in marketing, when I left the organization, I specialized in Lead generation. I was doing it for a, a, a Fortune 100 company um, in the in the tech space, and that was that was my thing. And lead generation to me, it's exactly. I'll, I'll refer back to you, Priscilla. You mentioned this thing about the uh, technology acceleration and everything changing. I feel this way about lead generation. I realized when I was doing this work in Silicon Valley, where I was getting my biggest inspiration was from those solopreneurs that were running their own programs. They were experimenting and they were iterating their programs and learning from them. You know, they were gating content and then they weren't gating content. (laughs) Um, it was, it was amazing to me. And of course, now we have GDPR, but what I think what agility means is is responding to change versus following an exact plan. You know, we used to have eighteen, you know, twelve to eighteen month plans. Now they're they're kind of I call them the rolling ninety day plans because <laughs> you really have to adjust uh, to things. So lead generation, some of the things that I've noticed uh, that some of these entrepreneurs are experimenting with. Is the lead magnet? What constitutes a lead magnet anymore? Right. It used to be, you know, in B two B marketing, it was always the white paper. Oh gosh! To <laughs> totally. some degree, on the real super geeky tech stuff, it mm-hmm. still is. Right. But you know, we're hearing more that it's about the case studies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's about the guides. You know, we you know we may be getting a little overwhelmed with some of the guides, but they they still work. Um, and it's about giving giving so much more before you charge for anything, and building that relationship. And I would even go out on a limb to say that I think the building relationship part is longer than it used to be. Oh, because I would agree. Expecting more.
0: I, I would agree. And here, let, let's get really deep in this, because I, you know, you and I really live in the world of lead generation. So let's break that down, what, what you've just said, unpack a few things that you said, because it is really important, I think, for my uh, audience to understand this, but you know we kind of talked about coming at it with ego. You know, we, there's always the next the next big thing, right? So let's say you've decided, yeah, we're going to have a marketing platform. You know, we're we're HubSpot certified. That's one way to go. But it doesn't matter what you choose. This gated and non gated content. This is interesting. So everybody can say, oh yeah, the hot new thing. Let's think about years ago <laughs> what people would have been saying. The hot new thing is to gate this content. You have a juicy, juicy piece of of content. And you're happy to give it to someone for free, but in exchange, they need to give their email address. So as simple as, you know, that, that, that's in its simplest form. So everybody thought, oh, this is the way to go. It's going to be list building, which I think you and I absolutely, number one, you know, it definitely fit in our top five constantly is list building, correct? Yeah, it's just it's never going to go go away, but how you do that. So then we got into this idea of, OK, it's not just white papers anymore. What else could it be? Some of the guides were really fascinating. Um, obviously, you know, authors and, um, you know, use a lot of the teaser of here's my first chapter of my book um, as a download. But then, this the, what need, what's very difficult is that people then buy into that is the savior. Now, gated content is going to save us, and I hear what you're saying is an agile model is like, no, that particular you know uh, strategy is not what saves you. There's something deeper. Is that content really valuable to your ideal client? Um, are you getting it to them? And also what I hear you saying is that are you making sure that you're building that relationship through it? Because that that's kind of the difference between using a tactic that everybody else is using or having a solid strategy about why you're using it. And what I feel that you're adding to that, Marty, is this agile you know, uh, part where you're getting feedback all throughout the process. And that feedback includes feedback from who's downloading it. What are they doing immediately after they download it? Are they downloading it and then getting their goods and then going and unsubscribing? Because then we're talking about like the fatigue of, you know, list building on the actual end user. People have gotten savvy to the whole, um, you know, lead magnet world where yeah I want that free thing but I don't want to be contacted later so I'll go ahead and get it and then I'll I'll you know take myself off the list and that obviously You could, if you were looking only at the actual lead magnet model, you say, yeah, a lot of people are downloading that. Yeah, but are they actually following through and are we building rapport? Are we building relationship? Have we proven the value? And is that actually translating into profitability at the end? So I unpacked kind of what you said there, but would you like to comment on that as well or what you agree with what I just said or disagree or did I represent what, what you're saying correctly?
1: Well, I have to say you said so many things and I'm trying to <laughs> to digest all it's of it. Such this, a
0: big, big issue but for me.
1: Let's talk about lead magnet. Um one of the things, okay, you've you've been to my website mm-hmm. and um I um I I was uh engaging with a really impressive thought leader in the marketing space. And um, you know, really I got an email back from this thought leader saying, you know, Marty, it's not the way to go anymore with this, um, this gated content. He says, I was going to download your guide, but he said, I didn't. And this is the reason why. And I think he's a little ahead of the game. Like I think some of the people are still like, they're just going to do it no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I I released my 22 page career agility guide with no, um, Requirement of an email address mm-hmm. seems like a small price to pay to get something, but to your point, when someone just immediately just unsubscribes, what does that do? You 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 were talking about lists. Um, do you realize we we pay for? All of our unsubscribes too. In other words, the list that we manage that we pay for our providers, say 50% of the people that subscribe to you unsubscribe, you're paying to hold them in your inventory, your list inventory. So if you get a 5,000 know, uh, account and then you have to pay a little bit more to go to 10,000 um, email addresses that you are responsible for, you can't just like get rid of them and erase them. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, but that they're not engaged. Right, they're not engaged. engaged They're doing
1: nothing for you except Mm -hmm. costing you money now in the end. Now, these are pennies. They're not Mm -hmm. a whole lot. But it irks me that I have to keep them
0: within my provider list, even though they're not useful to me. So you're the expert on this in terms of agility. So what are a few agility tips for businesses and marketers when it comes to lead generation, in your opinion?
1: Well, I, I mentioned uh, earlier, and I will uh, clarify this by what I mean, uh, one of the agile principles is many small experiments versus a few large bets. Mm. So your your willingness to pivot, now, not in a fickle sort of way, you've got to have you know, things in place so that this isn't an irresponsible launch. But you need to be able to experiment with some of your ideas and see what works. Uh, Do uh, you know you know a a form of A/B testing by by really working with some smaller groups of people. Um, When I was working on that with the Fortune 100 company, it was actually in the mobile security space, and it was with the small business market, not the governments and enterprises. And we ended up doing quite a bit of experimenting. And of course I was doing this with vendors and suppliers and a call center and all kinds of things to to help me figure this out. But we were um, going back and uh, getting feedback from each other. I was even talking with the people from the call center, like, what are we hearing? What are the follow-up calls like to really be uh, able to change that script uh, uh to to these small adjustments on a program midstream versus just saying you know what we're going to launch this the small business market and this is how we're going to do it and we're just going to crank it out and um we're not you know we're not necessarily going to be monitoring it right
0: <laughs> and that's the sound of your money being wasted <laughs> exactly wow wow excellent okay any other tips um
1: I would say getting as close as possible to the customer. Um, yeah, I have a, a friend that's in the customer experience business, and she's uh, very talented when it comes to saying quite obvious things. But it's clear that when you've talked to the customer and you understand what their needs are and what their objections are to your process, uh, you're going to be way ahead. And it sounds easy, like, oh, get closer to your customer. But we often put customers in this bucket and go, well, you know, they're our customer. And from a customer exter- experience standpoint, we're not necessarily nurturing our best customers either.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a cu- a, a each customer is not is not created equal. So in that, would you would you do additional work to really look at the lifetime value of certain customers? I mean, as soon as we start talking about that, we're talking about being iterative and agile over many years. <laughs> and really, you know, this basically shifting the way you do business and do marketing, period. So w- what would you say about that? Does this just constantly require, you know, um, constant uh, check-ins with the research?
1: It is. It's constant check-ins. And the other principle really is about validated learning versus your own opinions. And I, I like the lean product um, uh, methodology and mentality here is that you uh put out a prototype and you could you could it could be a prototype, it could be an email, but you put out a prototype or a, a product and you you that's your Rev One. So Rev one, you get out there and you get feedback. From a, a small group of people, you might even call it a beta. Maybe it's pre-beta, and you um, get the feedback on um, on what it is that you're doing, and then you go you go to the next round until that product at the end of six months is more formed versus you know the the you know the pe- the marketers or in the case I was talking about the engineers. So the marketers and engineers are. Kind of a, a similar group of people in mm-hmm. that they're designing they're designing programs
0: and products right, yeah, and they need that they need that feedback. well, in wrapping up the idea of uh, agility as it applies to marketing and applies to lead generation, what have I missed? what would you what would you say to kind of wrap that that idea up It's like it's like this is my most powerful? statement that, you know, that I want to make and make sure that people really understand about how agility affects, you know, marketing in general and lead generation specifically? Well, you know,
1: I I think lead generation is a really important uh, part of the equation, but I would say that um, every one of your listeners is probably more concerned about their viability in the marketplace than their their current lead generation program, right? Mm-hmm. If you had to put it on a, a Maslow's hierarchy, and what I I would say is that uh, one aspect of agility as it relates uh, to uh, the marketing landscape is what are uh, your listeners doing today to integrate. Thinking like blockchain and AI and even even deep uh, customer experience um, situations, what are they doing to make themselves really valuable in their respective industry, company, and marketplaces? Because it's going to be this iterative and adaptive learning because the technology is changing so fast as well as the acquiring of the skills that's going to make or break uh, them um, in, in the future in their work lives. Mm. So I would say, you know, up taking, you know, a bit of marketing concepts and making yourself more valuable than than anyone else. It's, it's a type of branding, if you will, if you've got more skills and more knowledge uh, in what is part of the future of marketing, you're gonna be uh, more, uh, more in demand and more in need
0: in the future, or more needed in the future. Excellent, yeah, for sure. Um, that's a lot to think about. <laughs> it is that that really delves deeply, not only personally, but also like in looking at your departments and and how deep is this concept going. So, it kind of imparting to that from your expertise. I really would be remiss in not asking an expert at your level to weigh in a little bit on GDPR and how that's changed, um, you know, changed things for um, for marketing and. And and what are your thoughts about that in terms of, you know, companies being agile to deal with some of this, you know, some people would call it a hiccup. Some people call it a speed bump. Some people would call it the Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, I, I found this rollout
1: of GDPR quite interesting, or actually the reaction to GDPR quite interesting. I subscribed to a lot of newsletters and I got a lot of communication from people that I hadn't heard from in two years mm. that were, you know doing their GDPR compliant um, newsletter as well as the, the back backgrounds of what's happening on their websites and email programs. But then I noticed there's this other uh, component of uh, marketers that they don't, they're not paying attention to it at all, mm-hmm. uh, which I find, uh, Quite fascinating. Um, <laughs> I think most uh, people that have worked for large global companies, the the global company that i was I was working for one of the uh, largest um, electronics manufacturers um, and uh, mobile uh, phone makers in the world. And one of the things that uh, because it was a global operation, we were doing gdpr type compliant things even back then. Um, wow. this is you go goes back three, four, five years ago. Um, and then uh, we would did, did a lot of our development up in Canada, and I remember the Canadians were saying, you know, we'll do the testing in the United States because everybody d- doesn't care. He says, but we are not going to do any of the tests anywhere else in the rest of the world, which I found fascinating. <laughs> it's like it's like like let's do the testing on the Americans because they can take it; they can just take all that crap. Um, so I, I, it was a really interesting perspective. But uh, this kind of thing, um, any global market will tell you that they've been doing this all along and I, I think I went through, I don't know, probably 20 rounds of um, what I could put on what was considered the uh, newsletter sign-up process right. and the language. Of course, we're dealing with, uh, you know, the, the uh the, the the multiple languages from around the world and what does what does this word mean um on on this form but it it, it took a lot of revisions to get, something that um,
0: as in a solo premiere here, you could get done in 20 minutes. Right. <laughs> that's that's a painful statement right there. Well, this has been really interesting talking about agility, especially with the expertise you have, the, the amount of uh, hours you've spent interviewing people and really understanding it and truly applying it not only to people's careers, but also to marketing and all of the activities that we do day in and day out and the research activities we should be doing <laughs> day in and day out, right? So I want my listeners to know a little bit about um, Marty's book. Please make sure you check out Activate Your Agile Career, How Responding to Change Will Inspire Your Life's Work. It's on Amazon, easy to get to, but that is such an amazing um, you know, time that you could take to, to really invest in your own career, and your own trajectory. So just to finish out, let's kind of move back to that original place, Marty. What would be some solid advice you'd have for my listeners about how they could bring some of these agility concepts into their career? Sure. I would say first,
1: uh, number one, um, the, the skills update and the curiosity that it takes um, to um, to uh sign up for some of these programs and interests will definitely be and uh you know make you much more evergreen um within your profession. Uh and also I would say um doing, you know, I guess if I were to leave one bit of advice is pick a hobby. <laughs> Something that you really find fascinating, it could be an investment club, it could be woodworking or something like that, but really do things like really experiment with this idea of pursuing things on the side, you know, not all side projects have to be side hustles or side gigs or even um, formal education Um, But it is about the cross-pollination of ideas that happen when you pick something that is outside of your core competence in your profession, you end up bringing a lot more originality and innovation back to your current role. People will notice those kinds of things uh, that you are um, bringing in a refreshing way to your marketplace, which is really another form of
0: optimizing your personal brand in the workplace. And P.S., that makes people so much more interesting to work with and know. Well, you heard it here from Marty Constant, and I just thank you so much for coming on this show. But you can find Marty, and I'm going to spell it for you so you can find her. It's M-A-R-T-I, and it's constant with a K, K K-O-N-S-T-A-N-T. You can find her on LinkedIn, or her Twitter handle is marty constant um pretty easy and um marty thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us your expertise i really appreciate it i've enjoyed it immensely thank you from all of us here at little bird marketing happy marketing